because they gave me a wonderful wife that's so talented and so godly. That does not happen by accident. That is, that's because they're real Christians, amen? They pastor a real great church in Orlando, and we're thankful that they're with us for the next couple days. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. I haven't had a chance to preach in a while, but you know what? It's, it's great because God's been moving without me, so... Sometimes he likes to remind me he can do it all by himself. And uh, I'm grateful for all the moves of God that we've been having, the wonderful preaching and ministry. Uh, but I feel something very specific in my spirit. I've been feeling it for the last month. And uh, just a few things. And, and preacher after preacher has been coming by and just tagging on it. And so I want to do my best to follow God here today. Psalms chapter 33 and verse number 8. Just one verse. The Bible says, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. Let all the earth fear the Lord. And let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. And I want to preach to us for a few moments. I'm going to take the next several midweeks. And I'm going to just preach what I feel like God is putting in my spirit. I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject, the awe factor, the awe factor. Amen. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray in this house. Come on, let's pray that God would speak to us. Amen. He's already begun to move. Amen. From the very opening, Brother Mark, open the service. God has already begun to move. And God, we're asking that you would continue, God. Hallelujah, Lord, what you've been doing in our midst. I don't want to take it for granted. I want to know. Amen. I want to respond accordingly with real praise and with real worship and with real prayer, God. Hallelujah, Lord. We give you glory and honor and praise in the wonderful name of Jesus. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord one more time. In Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. The awe factor. Let all the earth fear the Lord and let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. The fear of the Lord is a central doctrine in the Bible. It is something that, as my father-in-law talked about, many, many false churches don't want to talk about. Uh, they don't want to talk about the fear of the Lord. Most churches only want to talk about the love of God. Uh, amen. They want to talk about the mercy and the grace of God. And all of this is good and in order. It is, in fact, in the Bible. But there is another, there is another side. Our God is not imbalanced. Amen. Our God is, in fact, merciful. But he is also the judge of all of the earth. Our God is, in fact, gracious. But I want you to know that our God also has to come by and recompense, amen, the things that were done that were wrong, amen. Our God is the justifier. He makes sure that we can stand in truth and in righteousness. But he is also the God that is going to come by and separate the sheep from the goats, the wheat from the tares. Come on, somebody. Our God is a is not imbalanced. He's he is love, but he is also holy and he is separate. Amen. We've got to remember we serve the one true living God. There's many that want to pick God apart and serve the part of God 
that they like. But I want you to know that one of the central doctrines in the Bible is the fear of the Lord. Proverbs tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you're wondering why our world is so fake and why our world is so crazy and why our world's so foolish and turned upside down, I want to point it back here today to tell you that the reason that is happening is because we are lacking in our world a healthy fear of God, a healthy fear of the Lord. If the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, that lets me know that when there is no fear of God, that is the beginning of foolishness. Amen. Our world is turned upside down. They don't know whether they're a boy, whether they're a girl, whether they uh, were born right or born wrong. They got their mind all twisted. I want to tell you why. It's because they don't have a healthy fear of God. The healthy fear of the Lord is not to look at God like an abusive father. God has not given us the spirit of fear. We've got to somehow tie these things together. and We've got to find a way to reconcile these two concepts that we've got to fear God, but God didn't give us a spirit of fear. Amen. But there's a little difference here because the fear of the Lord is a word that is missing in our world, and it's a word called reverence. Reverence is missing in the 21st century. Reverence is a high respect, amen, a great view of honor. If I could put it in my own terms, it is to be and to stand in awe. You ever been around somebody that you respect? Amen. Somebody that's, that can do something that you can't do. Have you ever been around somebody that you think to yourself, that person is not a myth, that person's a legend? That's the awe factor. That's somebody that you revere. That's somebody that you got reverence for. You look at them and you think they can do no wrong. Our world's got reverence all right, but they got reverence for the wrong people. Amen. I came to preach here today. They got reverence for somebody that can throw a pig spin. They got reverence for somebody that can throw a ball through a basket. They'll pay them 40, 50, 60 million dollars a year, and yet they don't have any reverence for the teacher that is educating the next generation. Oh, hallelujah. They got reverence, all right, but they got reverence for Hollywood. They got reverence, uh, amen, for all the junk and the filth of this world. They got reverence for somebody that can't keep their marriage together. They cheat on one another because it's no big deal in Hollywood. Uh, we just let it go, and they will propagate it to their kids and sit them down in front of a screen. Uh, they got reverence, all right, but they don't have reverence uh, for the right things. Uh, what we need is a healthy reverence uh, for Jesus. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give him praise. I think that's important for us to do. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. You know what you do every time you come to church and you clap your hands and give God praise? What you're doing is you're saying, God, I stand in awe of you. What you're saying is, God, I don't revere this world. I don't revere sinners. I revere you. I revere your... I got reverence for the right thing. Yes, that's right. One of the spirits of the end times is going to be irreverence. Wow. Nothing's holy. Amen. Nothing's sacred. Marriage isn't sacred. 
Families aren't sacred. Unborn babies aren't sacred. Church isn't sacred. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. There's an irreverence that has creeped into our world, and it is taking over, and it's causing our world to become foolish. But we've got to make it up in our minds, ARC, that we refuse to let the spirit of irreverence, uh, amen, make its way into our Christianity because we can't be fake. We've got to have a healthy fear of God. I don't want to go to a foolish church. I don't want to go to a fake church. I want to go to one that's got a healthy fear of God, a healthy... When you got a healthy fear of God, when you got a healthy reverence of God, you don't do things that other people do. You don't talk like other people talk. You don't live like other people live. You don't dress like other people dress. Why? Because I stand in awe of Jesus. Oh, somebody give him praise. Come on, I didn't come to preach a complex message. We've got to fight the spirit of the end times. We're going to have reverence for the Lord. Amen. Proverbs tells us the beginning of, of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. This idea of reverence is missing in our world. Children, the Bible says, will be disobedient to parents. Well, they've always been disobedient to parents, but it's going to another level. Now they just legislated that your three-year-old can choose their gender. And now you can, you can have your kid, they're getting to the place where they can have your kid taken from you, amen, because you are abusing them by not letting them be what God created them to be. What's happening is you're seeing the home being ripped out from underneath, amen. The structure that God created, amen, is being, being tipped upside down, and they're calling it wisdom, but it's foolish, and they're calling it progressive, and it is regressive, amen. They're calling it, amen, educated, but it's the dumbest thing. I've ever seen in my life. Amen. They're saying we are taking steps forward, but yet they are taking steps backwards in every area. Amen. I want you to know that we in the church, we are the ones that are holding up the banner of truth, and we are holding up the banner of righteousness. We will not capitulate to a world that's going to hell. We will be the church that will shake the gates of hell. The gates of hell, Jesus said, shall not prevail against the church they're going to be irreverent they're going to be turned upside down families are going to be twisted around but in the church of the living God we will stand and we will hold up that banner that the word of God is true and there is no other way oh somebody clap your hands and give him praise Romans chapter 1 this is not the first time this has happened history indeed repeats itself and there's a quote that says, those that don't understand history are doomed to repeat it. Rome fell, amen, for many reasons. Edward Gibbon writes a book called The Rise and Fall of the Roman Empire, amen, but there's many reasons in which Rome fell. One of the main contributing factors was the church of the living God being the church that they were called to be, amen. The church, uh, amen, that they, they, they refused to go to Colosseums. Uh, they refused to participate in iniquity. Uh, they endured persecution, and they had, they, they, they had church in Caesar's house. Uh, amen. There was, there was Nero burning Christians at the stake, uh, and they were spreading the gospel underneath his very nose. Uh, amen. I want you to know what was happening. Uh, the church had a fear of God more than a fear of man, and they were spreading the church. They were spreading the gospel of God all across the known world. 
And the other thing is that we see, we even find it written down in Romans, that, that this, this debauchery and this, this foolishness, if I could put it this way, the world it, that they knew was being turned upside down, and, and now everything went, and it was the moral decay of Rome. Amen. They've, they've done studies, and they, they say a nation doesn't really last over a nation doesn't really last over three hundred years. America, we got to wake up. We got to wake up. Seventeen seventy-six. We're coming up pretty close on our three hundred years. Amen. We've got moral decay and, 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 and political upheaval, and we've got all sorts of craziness, and, and it's, being, it's, it's going on an exponential level because now we're in the information age, and now everything's at the click of a button, and now, amen, but, but what we're seeing is, 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 is exactly what Romans chapter 1 tells us. It says that they, they profess themselves to be wise, and in professing themselves to be wise, amen, they became fools. How were they not wise? Because they did not start with the reverence of God. They did not start with a healthy fear of God. But they changed the image of the invisible God into the likeness of four-footed beasts. Amen. They changed their natural affection and they did the things that were not comely. Amen. They became backbiters and they became unrighteous and they became uncovet they became covetous and, and they were without natural affection. He tells the church and he warns the church that it's coming again and it's going to repeat itself. Amen. But I want to tell you, the church was the answer for Rome, and the church is the answer for America. But it's not a church that abides by the foolishness of our world and proclaims itself to be wise. It is a church, amen, that's got a healthy reverence and a healthy fear of God that says we don't worship something that we have created. We worship the God that created us. They change the image of God into idols. You know where idolatry starts? When you stop having a healthy reverence and fear of God. Because why? Amen. When, you wouldn't, when they wouldn't fear God, they created something in their image that they didn't have to fear. See, the greatest fear of the atheist is the fact that God might exist. Their whole premise, you can't be an atheist without God. Their whole premise is that a God doesn't exist, so they created something that they have to rely on God for. And their greatest fear is that they might be wrong. They may not talk about it, amen, but what they have done is they've created a life without God. The Bible says that a fool has said in his heart, there is no God. When people don't fear God, when they don't have a healthy reverence for God, they start replacing God with something else. They replace God with an image, an idol, things that they can say, I have created that and there is now nothing to be afraid of. I, uh, the greatest fear of somebody that doesn't believe in God is the fact that if he does exist, I have to line up uh, to what he says. And so I've decided to live my life as a blind individual and not acknowledge that God exists and I can live however I want to live by whatever rules I want to live. I am in fact a moral person, but I want to help you. Morality comes from the fear of the Lord. 
Wisdom and morality comes from a healthy fear of the Lord. He's the one that determines what is moral. He's the one that determines what is right. You and I are not able and capable to determine what is right and what is wrong. For we will take in our wisdom, which is nothing more than foolishness, we will judge our goodness on everybody else's badness. And everybody will be righteous in their own eyes. And we will do that which we think is correct. And we will fall into foolishness. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. We need a healthy fear of God, church. Let's pray. We gotta recreate that. We gotta we gotta be rebaptized in that. I know our society is going crazy. I know our society's foolish. But God, I need to have a healthy reverence. I gotta have a healthy fear. I've gotta be able to stand in awe of you. When people don't fear God, they find something else to fear. Then they don't revere God, they'll find somebody else to revere. This is what really happened to Israel, as the preacher talked about on Sunday, as he talked about Goliath. Amen. What was really happening in that moment, uh, amen, is that Israel stood before Goliath. They were, they were armed to the T. They had their sword. They had their spear. They had their shield. They had their armor. They had it all. And they stood before Goliath. And morning, noon, and night, he would stand forth and declare a challenge. And he had no fear of God. He had no reverence for God. He had no reverence for the people of God. He had no reverence for the name of God. And he began to shout and these people begin to shake in their metal boots and say there's no way we can go after him. What just happened? There was a changing of fear. One feared God as we see with David and the other feared Goliath. Church, we don't need to fear what we face. We need to fear our Heavenly Father in the right way. I refuse to be afraid of the spirits of this area and of this generation. I'd rather say, God, you're bigger than all of it. They feared Goliath more than God. What happened? They lost their awe of God. They lost their knowledge that God was, in fact, the one that parts Red Seas. They lost their knowledge that he's the one that brings manna from heaven, brings water from a rock. They forgot that God was the one that made them a nation in the first place from a man and woman that couldn't have kids. They forgot what happened. They lost their awe of God. They lost their fear of the Lord. And it caused them to be afraid of something else. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. We need to get our awe factor back. We got to get our awe factor back. I'm not going to stand in awe of my trial. I'm not going to stand in awe of the mountain I face. I'm going to stand in awe of the God that created it all. Oh, come on, somebody pray in the name of Jesus. Come on, I'd rather fear God than fear something else and somebody else. Oh, I feel Jesus in this house. Mm. Come on, fear, fear of the Lord is not a bad thing. It's the greatest gift he gave to us outside the Holy Ghost. It's that we can say, God, I've got something bigger than me. I've got something bigger than what I face. I've got somebody better. Oh, Jesus.
My pastor always tells a story that when he was a kid, he had a bully. And this bully was bigger than him. I don't know if maybe you were the bully, but but there was something about it. He, he kept getting picked on and beat up on. And he'd come home, and he'd feel defeated. But his dad said, what's wrong with you? Stop being a baby. And he told him about what was going on, that there was, in fact, a bully that was beating up on him. And his dad said, I'm going to give you two options. Number one, you stay here and keep being a baby. I'm going to spank you. Or you go back to that kid's house and you knock him out. Now, he wasn't a Christian. <laughs> Not advice. And my pastor always tells the story that he got up and he ran out of the house as fast as he could. He walked, knocked on the door and said, I'm going to fight you right now, right here. Whether I win or lose, you and I are going to scrap. Amen. What was he saying? I fear my dad more than I fear you. <laughs> I came to preach Apostolic Revival Center. I think it's time that we have a healthy fear of God. I fear God more than I fear the devil. I fear God. I know a God, a God in heaven that's stronger than it all. And I refuse to sit here complacent. And I refuse to sit here carnal. And I refuse to sit here backbiting and gossipy. Because I've got a Father in heaven that says, if you don't get moving, I'm... If you don't crush Satan under your feet shortly, I'm going to have to do something about it. Oh, somebody give him praise. David would put it this way. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat of my flesh, they stumbled and fell. What's he saying? Amen. I got a God in heaven. I don't have to fear anything. I don't have to fear anybody. Why do we not have a spirit of fear? Because God gave us a spirit of love and of power. Power, and it's greater than any fear. You don't have to be afraid of anything or anybody when you got a healthy fear of God. When you know I've got a God in heaven that is powerful. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray for a moment. Come on, there's some folks saying, I'm afraid of everything. You want to know where your fear's wrapped up? You got more of a fear of other things than you got a fear of God. You got to replace it and say, God, I know you're bigger than all this. Your fears are hindering your faith. Your fears of other people and other things and situations are hindering your faith in God. You believe more in the mountain than you do in the God that can move the mountain. And you got to, mm, I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want to fear God enough to know. I want to have enough awe of God to say, he can move this mountain in my life or he can give me the strength to climb it. But I'm not going to be afraid of what I face. Oh, somebody praise him. Come on, let's lift up our hands and let's love him. Oh, come on, let's pray. Come on, I feel it. There's a healthy fear of God in this house right now. What's happening? Some folks are getting their awe back. They're saying, God's awesome. God's awesome. God's aw He leaves me breathless because of all that he can do. 
Whom shall I fear of? Whom shall I be afraid? I've got a God that's full of awe. I came to minister to somebody here tonight. I don't got a pretty sermon. God said this. See, we always call it the ten plagues of Egypt. That's not what the Bible calls them. It calls them God's wonders. Mm -hmm. See, we always think it was about Egypt. It wasn't about Egypt. It was about Israel. People have all sorts of questions. Why did God harden Pharaoh's heart? Because he needed to teach Israel a lesson. And one wonder wasn't going to do it. I need to keep you here a little longer. See, there's some folks that don't understand why they're in the position they're in. It could be that God wants to hold you here a little longer because he wants to restore the awe factor in your life. Come on, somebody. I preached it before, but there's a reason. He waited four days when Lazarus was sick because he knew if I showed up right now, I'm going to heal him when he's sick, and you already know about that. But I want to increase the awe factor. I want to resurrect. You've never seen me do it, but I'm going to do it. He said, I'll show my wonders among you. I'll show my wonders and my signs among you. And as he began to show these signs and as he began to show these wonders, uh, he was trying to make sure there was something that stuck in the memory of Israel that no matter what battle they faced and no matter what what opposition there was in the wilderness or in the promised land, they would always stand in awe of God. The problem is, uh, the Bible says they forget the works of God and the wonders of God. They forgot that God was the one that brought them out of Egypt. They forgot that God rained down bread from heaven. Uh, they for- we got to pray amnesia out of the church uh, and say, God, help me to remember. Uh, help me to remember that when I was on drugs, you brought me out with a mighty hand. Help me to remember that when I was broke, you made a way and you canceled. Come on, somebody. When I didn't know how I was going to make it out, you made a way and you parted a Red Sea. People that forget what God has done lose the awe factor. This is why you have a conversation at the door. People coming, saying, wow. Wow. And some folks, new people on Sunday saying, can it even get any better than this? And I've had some people say, this is the worst thing in the world. What's happened? One has lost their awe factor. One forgot all the good things that the Lord has done for them. One forgot, amen, that God is a mighty God. One forgot to revere God and all that he stands for. And the other one showing up and God is showing miracles, signs, and wonders among the people. That's why David would later write, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. You can't praise the Lord for his goodness if you got amnesia and you forgot about his goodness. And he said, and to praise him for his 
wonderful works to the children of men. He satisfies the longing soul. He filleth every hungry soul with goodness. Amen. I want to help you here today that maybe you are full and you've lived for a while and said, I am to the full and I've filled up on everything I can fill up, but you lost your all factor. I want to remind you he's a God that can continue to fill. Lamentations. Amen. He's there and he's watching Israel be destroyed. And he is, and Jeremiah the prophet is weeping. And this is what he pens in Lamentations chapter 4. He said, How is the gold become dim? How is the most fine gold changed? How are the stones of the sanctuary poured out on the top of every street? And how is it that the precious sons of Zion are comparable to fine gold, and yet now they are esteemed as pitchers, the work of the hands of the potter. Another translation puts it this way. How is it that the children and the men and ladies of Zion that are worth their weight in gold are now being viewed as if they were nothing more than broken clay in the hands of a potter? How is the gold dim? Anybody that knows anything about gold knows it doesn't lose its value. And it doesn't lose its shine. Amen. It's not like silver that tarnishes, but it can get dusty. Mm -hmm. Can I help somebody with your awe factor here tonight? Gold, how is it that it became dim? Gold doesn't dim and gold doesn't change. It's one of the few elements that stays the way that it always is. That's why it stays valuable and increases in value. And yet, the gold has become dim and the awe factor's lost because there's dust that is collected on it and dirt. You could take a chunk of gold and you could put it back in the earth. It's still got value, as Brother Riley said. Can I preach to somebody? We can't lose the awe factor with the things of God. We can't lose the awe factor with the Word of God. Well, it's just another Wednesday night service. Well, well, you can leave the dust on it. You can put the dirt on it. You can bury it if you want. As the man that had one talent of gold, you can bury it and say it's not worth a whole lot. I might as well not do anything with it. But whether you bury it or not, it's still got value. Whether you... Whether it dims in your life or not, it's still gold. Amen. I want to tell you the word of God. I want to keep my awe for the word of God. I don't want to read this and just get through it and say it's just another book. The worlds were framed by the word of God. Wow. I don't want to come to church and look at people that God has pulled up bar stools and say, oh, that's just Joe and that's just Bill. No, you're not Joe, Susie, or Bill. You're Brother Joe. You're Sister Sue. Oh, come on. My Bible says you're worth your weight in gold. My Bible says you're a holy nation, a peculiar, movable treasure. Somebody lift up your hands. Let's stand across the building. Come on, let's pray. Let's stand across this house and lift up our hands and let's pray.
How is the gold dim? Come on, somebody pray. Come on, what's grown dim in your life? Where's the reverence gone in your life? Where's the awe factor in your life? Amen. I want you to know it's God's still gold. It's still gold. It's still valuable. The church is still valuable. The worship's still valuable. All the things are still valuable. But you gotta dust it off and say, God, I want to look towards heaven again and say, Oh. Brother Johnson, it worries me when I see people start slipping. You know what that tells me? Streets of gold got dim. When, it, when Israel starts saying, man, we, that we would sit by the flesh pots of Egypt, oh, eat bread to the full. They wanted bread of earth, bread of Egypt. But God, in the next verse, said, I'm going to rain down bread from heaven. When entertainment becomes more enjoyable than church. When anything else but God is more golden. As the old proverb says, not everything that glitters is gold. We live here in Nevada. One of the number one things they found was fool's gold. It shines, but it's not gold. You know, when it, you know how you know it's not gold? You put it in the darkness. And it doesn't shine. But even gold in the midst of the darkness. See, there's people that they start letting go of their convictions. And they start letting go of their walk with God. And they start going towards other things because it looks a little shinier. There's a little more bling towards it. They've lost their awe. Because the true value is not when everything's well. It's when things are dark. And we have a hope, the anchor of our soul, Jesus Christ. I've got a treasure. The Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. There's something about the precious blood of Christ. Precious meaning it's, it's priceless. But to some people, like Judas, it was just worth 30 pieces of silver. What happened? They lost their awe factor. People that desire to go back to Egypt, you know what happened? They lost their awe factor. But I remind myself, because this is how it is. How do you keep the awe factor with manna? Every day. You eat the same thing over and over again. Anybody enjoy the same meal every day? Not, not very many people. You want variety, right? But God said, I'm going to do this to prove whether you'll walk in my laws. I'm going to give you the same thing every day, and you're going to ingest it. But it is your responsibility, amen, not only to gather it, not only to make bread out of it, but it is your responsibility to never lose your awe factor. This is bread from heaven. If I don't take, if I don't eat it now, it breeds worms and it decays. There's no food on earth like that. It's bread from heaven. Pastor's been 39 years, 364 days of the same thing. Can you keep your off factor? Or has the blood of Jesus got dim? Oh, church again. 
Have you lost your awe factor? That remembers there was a day you were a slave and you had no way out. But there was some blood of the lamb that was put over the doorpost of your life. There was there was a preacher that preached you out of hell. Amen. There was there was a rod that stretched, amen, the, the amen over your life and it parted the Red Seas. Amen. I, I want to help somebody that is in this position that they have lost uh, their awe factor. Amen. I want you to know that nothing that touched is touched by the hand of God. Nothing and no one that is touched by the hand of God is common. Or ordinary. It might have been a rod in the hand of Moses, but when God was in it, it parted seas and turned into snakes. Samson, he grabbed the jawbone of a donkey and he killed a thousand men. What a victory, Brother Mark. Do you know what the next verse says? He threw it away. I hope to God we would have framed it. Why am I preaching this? Not because we've lost our awe factor. How many enjoyed that service we had on Sunday? I came to preach this to remind somebody, you know why God did wonders among us on, on Sunday? To give us a memory. To say there's no God like our God. Come on, there's no place I'd rather be than in the house of God. It hasn't lost its sparkle. I love the altar. It hasn't lost its sheen. I still love praying. It hasn't lost its glitz and its glamour. I still love the Word of God. It can still transform lives. I stand amazed and I stand in awe. Somebody pray in this house. I'm done preaching. He said, I'll do wonders among you that you might know that there's no God like me, none beside me. Somebody pray in this house. It could be that maybe today you're saying, I need to get my all back. I need to get my all back. I thank God for, for all that he's done. But today I came to church and I thought, well, it's just going to be another day. No, I don't want to look at manna from heaven and say it's just another, another day. It's bread from heaven. I want to keep my awe factor. You want to be successful in God, you got to keep your awe factor. You want to move forward in the kingdom, you got to keep your awe factor. You want to believe in God, you want to be a worshiper, you want to reclaim praise and prayer and prophecy like the preachers have been saying. You got to keep your awe factor. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? Today's the day to say, God, thank you for all the wonderful works you've been doing. All that we have encountered and experienced through the years. It has not grown dim in my mind. It's not lost its value in my heart. I stand in awe. The mountains melt like wax in your presence. The rivers stop and the seas can roar, but they have to silence at your voice. I stand in awe. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray in this house. Come on, maybe it's been a while. But you can say, God, I stand. I stand in awe of you, God. I stand. I stand in awe. 
Let's pray. Come on, let's make our way to this altar. Maybe turn your seat into altar. I don't want this to get dusty in my life. I don't want this to grow dim in my life. You're still a mighty God. You still amaze me, Jesus. You still amaze me, Jesus. Come on, that's it. You take my breath away, God. I don't always understand what you're doing, but God, you amaze me. Well, that's it. Let's pray for a few more moments. Come on, is God still awesome to you?
that's it. Somebody pray in this house. Tonight, I'm making it up in my mind. I'm not going to lose the awe factor. Revival follows reverence. It follows that awe. If I stay in awe of Jesus, what else is he going to do? I follow him to the ends of the earth because I wonder who else he's going to heal. I wonder who else he's going to save. I wonder what he's going to do this next time. I stand in awe of you, Jesus. You're awesome. You're awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody pray. Thank you for every wonder. Thank you for every sign. Thank you for every move of God. The gold is not going to grow dim in my life. The people of God, they're a movable treasure. They're not going to become like pots of clay. They're going to be worth their weight in gold. Valuable. Jesus commands us and he tells us except we be converted like kids, like children we will not be able to inherit the kingdom of God we've had these wonderful kids around for the last few days and I saw today an example, there was a green shamrock on the ground and man Ethan was so excited so dumb and so simple not your kid but the shamrock To see snow and go, wow. We drove to church and we saw deer. My father said, wow. And I thought those things were a nuisance. We saw some wild horses. And these Floridians are used to gators. said, wow. I drive by the mountains every day. And there's people that... Don't see it every day. <laughs> and they say, wow. I don't want to lose that awe and that wonder of it might be something simple. You should turn to your neighbor and say, wow. The Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible says that people that don't have a fear of God, this is in Romans. They start talking bad about one another and eating, devouring one another. You know where gossip starts? You lose the awe of one another. Brother Brinson, not Brinson. Brother Brinson, you were bought with the blood of Jesus. Wow. Brother Don, you got value as Brother, as Brother Rowley preached about. Wow! I don't ever want to come to church and lose that awe. Singing that song again. Wow. Don't ever look at your wife and go, you again. I look at my wife like the mountains. Wow. Sweeter than the day before. I want to live for Jesus like that. I want to have a service like Sunday. And come to church on Wednesday and say, I'm ready for a wow moment. And I want to come to prayer on Saturday. And I want to say, wow.
You can call me simple. You can call me unlearned. Whatever you want to say. But I refuse to lose my of God. Lift up your hands and let's pray. Lift up your hands and let's magnify him. I stand amazed. I stand in awe of the creator of the heavens and the earth. The redeemer of my soul. The, the victor. The champion.